Thank you for tuning into the Rainy Day Horror Show. I am your host with the most Dusty McBalls, aka the Certified Cougar Hunter, aka the man with balls too big to handle. And in today's episode, we are taking a trip to Peoria, Illinois to learn about a missionary Baptist who murdered his wife to be with his 20-year-old mistress from Lithuania. With that being said, I hope you enjoy today's Valentine's Day special and make sure you get your Crocs on and set them bitches in adventure mode and let's get this show on the road. February 14th, 2013. Around 3.30 p.m., our antagonist, Minister Nathan Luthold, called 911 reporting a home invasion in Peoria, Illinois. The cops in the area quickly sped to a home on West Mossville Road to investigate the burglary. When the Popo arrived, they saw the lifeless body of 39-year-old Denise Luthold inside the front door with a single gunshot to the back of her head. Denise, her three kids, her husband, and her parents all lived in the house together. They had just returned to Illinois from Lithuania. Denise, just like her husband, was also a Baptist missionary and her family, as you can imagine, had very close ties to the church. Denise and Nathan have been serving as missionaries in Lithuania since 1998. They pretty much divided their time in the past 15 years between the United States and Lithuania where they traveled through the country starting churches and taking part in Christian outreach efforts. Now Peoria, Illinois has a population of roughly 100,000 people at the time, so it's a pretty decent sized town, but the police still ask the public not to panic and to exercise extreme caution and report anything suspicious. Lock your doors, lock your windows, and pay attention to strangers in your area or any strange looking cars said police chief Steve Settingsgard. When police arrived at Denise's crime scene, they ruled it as a robbery gone wrong and fear swept throughout the entire community. Families were shook, thinking if someone was willing to kill a random woman who says that they wouldn't have the balls to do it again. One local said, if it's really a burglary gone wrong and a 39-year-old woman lost her life, that's a cause for concern, and the police need to make that clear. Fearing that the Reaper was walking among men, District 323 administrators placed a soft lockdown on all the schools in the area. This included locking all the doors, banning recess, and closing all classroom doors throughout the day. Police tried to ease the fear in the community by stating, I want the public to be reassured 
that we are working on this case feverishly. Denise's funeral was held at Cornerstone Baptist Church. The local pastor would remember her as a kind-hearted and sweet-spirited woman. He described her as an embodiment of Christian values, stating she was a very kind, compassionate, and godly lady. So before Nathan called 911, he arrived at the house roughly around 3.15 p.m. with their youngest child. Nathan entered their house through the garage door. As he entered the house, he saw broken glass from the window and saw items thrown around in the house. He then left the house, called the police, and waited outside until they arrived and cleared the house, which was when Denise's poor body was found. The police also realized that some items from the home were stolen and Denise's car was stolen too, but they later found it a short distance away parked at Robinson Park. After the search, the police also would state that it could have been a targeted murder by someone Denise knew, along with the alleged breaking and entering. There was no public development until the beginning of March when a shocking announcement was made. Police arrested her husband, Nathan. Police Chief Settings Guard would state, we believe the husband committed this murder and staged it as a burglary gone wrong. The police had Nathan as a main suspect from the beginning. They always considered his actions and behaviors a little odd. The day after Denise's death, the prosecutors had filed a sealed request blocking Nathan from accessing the safety deposit boxes at a J.P. Morgan Chase Bank. They feared that if Nathan got his hands on those safety deposit boxes, he'd use those contents to flee the country. The police at one point searched Nathan's car, and what they found was foreign currency, the safety deposit box keys, and a few passports. The break-in was eventually debunked. Police found no evidence of a burglary, and on top of that, the neighbors saw Nathan around 12.20 p.m. walking on Mossville Road towards the house and away from where Denise's car was parked. When Nathan was interviewed by police, he claims he left around 11.15 a.m. and didn't return until 3.15 p.m., which is when he called police. After the police found out he was lying, they realized they might have a potential motive for this horrific murder, and they launched an investigation into Nathan. They ended up finding out he was having an affair with a young Lithuanian woman named Anya. Anya had been living in the United States and going to college that the Luthholds had sponsored. Anya at first denied the allegations of the affair, but then would later spill her guts, saying that Nathan has come to Chicago at least 20 times to visit her. Anya had also admitted that she was dismissed from another college because of her inappropriate relationship with Creepy Nathan. Anya also stated 
that she and Nathan shared a bank account together, which he used to buy her food, clothing, and fund her living expenses. Towards the end of March, the so-called devoted Christian was indicted on two counts of first-degree murder, and his murder trial started in July of 2014. Prosecutor Jody Hose, in her opening statements, stated that Nathan killed Denise to be with his 20-year-old mistress. She was his real Valentine. I believe the evidence will show that before the murder and after the murder, and that his relationship with Anya was much more than a sponsored student. But defense attorney Hugh Toner still believed and suggested that Nathan didn't kill his wife and that it was still a burglary gone wrong. The early part of the testimony focused on a note that Denise wrote in her daily planner that the police found. Handwriting analysis determined that it was written by her, and the note said, I really don't think there's anything I've done or haven't done to deserve this. I have never done anything good enough or been good enough for you, and I know you want me dead. I'm not stupid, but I'm also not brave. I quit. I will not please you anymore. No more of that game. If I haven't pleased you in 17 years, I don't think I ever will. One of the police officers named Richard Linthicum, who arrived on scene first, took the stand and told the jury that when he arrived on scene, he saw Nathan across the street. So after Richard searched the house and after finding Denise's body, he went to his squad car to retrieve his bulletproof shield and had his weapon drawn. After he did that, he noticed Nathan didn't run up to him and ask him what's going on like a normal person. Officer Linthicum said that inside the house, the scene didn't fit a burglary. The electronics in the living room weren't stolen and drawers were placed on the floor instead of being dumped. A crime technician would also agree, testifying that there were no signs of a struggle. He would also testify saying that a black sweatshirt was found in a closet with gunshot residue on it. After the crime scene technician and Officer Linthicum took the stand, they eventually had 20-year-old Anya come take the stand, and she said that her and Nathan met when she was only six years old in Lithuania, and when she turned 18, Nathan invited her to come study in the United States. She said that he paid for all of her expenses, took her on trips, and went shooting with her, but she claims that she never stayed overnight with him. She also claims she never told Nathan she loved him, but state attorney Jerry Brady showed an email from Anya to Nathan saying, I let you down and from now on, I want to do all that I can for you and this relationship. I'm blessed to have you in my life. It was also revealed that after the murder of Denise, Nathan's parents 
spoke to Anya saying not to talk to the police. After Anya spoke to the courtroom, Nathan's cellmate David Smith took the stand, testifying against Nathan, saying that Nathan confessed to the murder in their cell. David said that Nathan waited in the closet until Denise came home. The couple ended up getting into an argument, and that's when Nathan shot her in the head. Now you may be wondering what kind of gun did he use to kill his wife? A 22? Nope. A 380? Nope. Well, it's obviously a 9mm, right? I mean, if it's neither of those smaller calibers, it would be a 9mm. Well, you'd be wrong again. Nathan actually used a 40 caliber Glock, and for people who don't really understand bullet calibers, a 40 caliber pistol is on the bigger end of pistol calibers. So, you could only imagine the damage he truly did. So after everyone testifying, in just 90 minutes, the jury ultimately found Nathan Luthold guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced him up to 80 years behind bars. In this sentencing, Judge Keith Lyons called Nathan a thief for robbing their children from a beautiful mother and robbing her parents from a wonderful daughter. Denise's parents would also make a statement saying that they are repulsed by Nathan's calculated evil scheming. He has robbed us the rest of our daughter's life. We've had to wrestle with Nathan's hypocrisy in claiming to be a man of God. So, with that being said, I hope you enjoyed today's Valentine's Day special. I know I'm a few days late to the party, but fuck it, it's my channel. I hope you had a wonderful weekend, and remember to follow my personal Instagram account at Dusty McBalls and my channel's Instagram account at The Rainy Day Horror Show. Stay frosty, stay foxy, and most importantly, stay safe. McBalls out. Yeah.